development. It's all we envelop in telephone. A wealth of intelligence. Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships. Basking it in. Let's study in the conferences. Pac 12 and big. 12 and the 10. SEC, ACC, win, 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 win. It just kind of fades from there. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's what we do as white people. We're trying to enunciate. I don't even know how to do that properly. <laughs> and you try to do the syllables, and it's literally like if you flow. Like yagula or something like that. Like if, if that's that's how it is, you know, you just let it flow. That's, that's how it, it says it on the Clemson website. So, ooh, <laughs> e on gulule, <laughs> It's a really tough name, and he's got a, a brother coming up too. I think so. Yeah, DJ Hugh. There we go. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you were tuning in, that was us trying to pronounce uh, quarterback one for 2023, probably, maybe. Um, I think it was 2023 eligible, I believe. 2021, yeah, 23. Jeez. DJU from Clemson. So that, that, that was kind of your fun phonics lesson for the week. Uh, this is De- <laughs> Debbie Owner's Manual, episode 3.6. We are right in the smack dab in the in the middle of a college football season and NFL season. Finally, I mean, I know it's not quite entirely fully college yet because we do have the SEC starting this weekend and then big news uh, that we'll cover in a second about the big 10. But first up, let me introduce my co-host Pete. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a couple of months. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, good to be back on here talking. I think uh, it's important that we recognize, unfortunately, it's uh Kind of a, a bit heavy, uh, unfortunately. You know, a lot of everybody knows James, James the Brain, uh, his Twitter handle. But James, uh, unfortunately, passed away this weekend. That was, was incredibly abrupt. Um, you know, it's it's tough because it's so many people that we meet through Twitter and interacting within the fantasy community. Uh, played three, four different leg leagues with James. Um, you know, back and forth in, in Boxer, Slack, and different things, Twitter DMs, and you know, you just get blindsided by these things and your know, prayers out to his family. It seems like there's a, a been some stuff set up for his wife uh, through PayPal, I believe. So just really an unfortunate end to uh, the weekend to find that out. And just hopefully his family's doing okay. And his uh, friends in the community. Yeah, it's crazy. I know I had him on, I can't remember if it was this or Debbie happy hour. I can't remember. And just just the nicest guy, a guy you, through every interaction I ever had with him, never said anything negative about anybody, any player, nothing. Just you know, constant, constantly positive. If you're looking for that that PayPal, just look up Superflex dude on Twitter, John Hogue. He's it's on his page, and there's quite a bit of retweeting and stuff. You don't have to look very hard to find it, but if you are looking, and just any bit helps. You know, it was kind of kind of sudden, kind of crazy. So. Yeah, that was a tough one, man. <laughs> that one, I, I was trying to go to sleep last night, you know, after the, you know, the game. And then I saw that and was up for like an hour and a half, just, you know, mind racing about, you know, the family and just how, how sudden stuff like that can get you, man. It's just crazy. Hug your, hug your loved ones, man, every day. So, all right. Thank you for bringing that up, Pete. I was going to probably do that at the end, you know, but we'll, we'll get it out of the way now. So. Uh, it makes it for a tough transition, but uh, you know, if anybody James loved football and James would want us, you know, oh, absolutely. I, I can imagine James loved talking about football, and uh, so he'd want us to continue on. So let's talk about some of that Big Ten news. Oh, College football is coming back. So, so so happy. Yeah, up here, like like I've been covering you know writing about college football, but it just doesn't feel the same when I don't have games to watch of my own because it's. You know, it, it's different, and you, you're the same out there. Your Pac-12 is missing, you know, so it, it feels almost surreal to watch college football games and then know that I don't have any coming. But now with the re- news of the Big Ten returning October 24th, I think it's going to be crazy interesting because most of the stadiums, there's snow in November. So, like, <laughs> like we're 60 70% of the Big Ten season can be played in snowy, crazy stadiums, you know, or, or rainy, nasty, sleety stadiums. So, could make for a, a, a different Big Ten season. And then also some news that Rashad Bateman is trying to opt back into the season, which is kind of interesting. I know there was some contact with agents and things like that. So there's um, it's kind of up in the air as to whether they'll let him return, but I think it would be like an egg on the face. If for some reason, they can't let him happen. If he wants to play, 
you know, given the circumstances, I think it's, you know, he should play. You figure, you figure they told the, the guy the season was canceled. So, right. I, I mean, it, common sense isn't always a common virtue. Hopefully he can get back out on the field. Hopefully they bring him back in. It's, it's not that big of a deal. So I, I for one, say he should just – he's shown enough. I mean, I'm sure Minnesota fans and, and everybody wants to see him on the field, but I'd hate to see him get injured or something like that like we saw over this weekend with the NFL – Dude, just train, get ready for the combine. You know, quote Marshawn, man, go go take care of your chicken or make your chicken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's you know, and I honestly, if I remember right, I believe he opted out before the season even started, before it was canceled. I believe so. Yeah, it was in that. Gray it was area. pretty early. Yeah, like pretty early in. I want to say early August. It was even like before it was for sure canceled. So, but if he wants to play, he should be allowed to play. I think so. All right, we're gonna blaze through some of these games. We had a couple pretty good games this weekend. I hyped it up last week's show uh, on Twitter. I was hyping up the game too. Louisville versus Miami was a, was a huge, huge game this weekend. Uh, a lot of, a lot of names on the field, a couple of really crazy quarterbacks. Uh, Malik Cunningham, the Cardinals quarterback started off kind of slow, uh, looked a little rough, but he came around toward the end. He ended up with 26, 36 for 307 yards and three touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, Derek King, Derek, I've heard it. I've heard it pronounced Derek, which is actually sounds probably better. Was eighteen of thirty for three twenty-five and three. A couple of really long touchdowns, exposing that just atrocious Louisville defense. Man, like I, there was two two long long touchdowns. One to Brevin Jordan and one to Jalen Knighton that were just the guys were like twenty yards open. Like like Louisville just looked absolutely horrible. And both of those quarterbacks, Pete, do you got anything any of those guys? Do you like one over the other? Do you think either of them is going to be in the NFL next year? Or? I liked King coming out of Houston. You know, he had all the drama over there uh, his final year in Houston. I like seeing him at Miami now. Uh, it pushed uh, the, the grand Tate Martell out of Miami who opted out and is transferring yet again. So I, th- I think he's like a sixth year sophomore junior at this point um let it whatever you know but uh it, king uh, king is a player who i think uh probably like it could be at best a day two type selection a uh, solid backup type player i don't think either of these guys have that uh makeup to be a a future star right you know everybody wants to comp him to lamar you know just because they're both they both have that similar playing style i think malik's a little bit closer he mm-hmm. he way he runs and he keeps his ball keeps his head downfield um, both of them can just just whip it downfield like at the like just a flick of a wrist. Um, I noticed that with both of them, but you're right. They're there's they're not quite as dynamic of passers, but they do do have a lot of stuff that you you know if if a team wanted to sit and and let them you know grow and mature, they both have pretty darn good arms that can they can get the ball downfield extremely quickly, and both are very very dangerous runners as well. So, yeah, King in Miami is just that that is just that team's got that. When when Miami has that swagger, you, you, there's you, nothing better than watching the U yeah, when they got that and swagger. You love them. <laughs> Ed Reed and that that Turner will chain on the sidelines. Oh, they they just have attitude. So much attitude. So all right, a couple good running backs in this game too. I love Javion Hawkins from Louisville. Sorry, he had 27 carries for 164 rushes and one touchdown. And the kid is just, he's dynamic, man. He, uh, the way he runs inside is impressive for a guy of smaller stature. I think he's 5'9", 195. And he just like pops through these little tiny creases and shoots out of like, I got out of a cannon. He's got crazy speed. I think he's got a spot in the NFL. He doesn't have that typical three down build. But on the other side of the field, guy who's come out of nowhere, Cameron Harris, is got that three down build, 5'10", 210 pounds. He had seven carries for 120 or nine carries for 134 yards, another long touchdown this week. So Cameron's definitely shooting up the ranks. And actually, Ian Lovering asked us a question. He says, is Cameron Harris working his way into the 2021 RB conversation? And where do you have him after these first two games? Um, I'll tackle it first, if that's all right, Pete. I actually was kind of looking for it, and I I didn't even have him in my top 20 going into the season. Like I had him down at like 32, I think, like way down where I don't even number. I usually number like the first 15 or 20, and then I have a gaggle of guys I just make notes on. With what I've seen already, I have him in the – right now I have him at seven. 
like I, I keep flipping a little bit back and forth. I, I do like a lot of what I see. He has incredible speed, which is more of a long striding, like loping type of speed. He definitely seems to do a lot of damage outside when he gets outside the tackles and he can take off. Um, he, he's got a, a really good cutback. I'd like to see him create a little more inside and stuff. But what I've seen so far through two games, I mean, I have to move him up quite a bit. Um, he does catch the ball a lot, a lot that I like so far. Not going to go any further than higher than that. Probably it's going to be really hard for him to me to meet. Because right now I've got ETN, Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard, Journey Brown, Kenneth Gainwell, Max Borgie ahead of him. But I kind of he's kind of right in that range between Borgie, Zamir White, Ingram. You know, like in those guys, like that kind of like a third tier where he could bust into that second tier if he continues to go like this. But I'd like to see a little bit more development in his game. I, I feel weird making him six, seven after only two good games. But I what, what we've seen is just it's phenomenal. The, the kid's got some wheels. So I don't know if you got anything on either Hawkins or Cameron. No, I, th- I think you hit that really good. Uh the guy I want to talk about, you got him listed next, is a tight end game. I think two. I think you could see two, maybe three tight ends go in the first two rounds, possibly even in the first round coming up this year. It, and you, we're about to talk to one of them about one of them in this game is Brevin Jordan, uh, seven receptions, 120 yards, touchdown. He's a uh, he's probably kind of more in that Evan Ingram, but not as fast, but. I think you're going to you're going to get a lot out of him by moving around the field. Probably not more of your traditional inline, but I, I'm very excited for him. So, that's a guy who I've kind of targeted in a lot, you know, more of the tight end premium type leagues. Oh, absolutely. He's looked he looked amazing again and he's could be could benefit from the the absence of Fryermouth Fryermouth, I don't know how you see it. Um if he's, you know, it's kind of that what have you done for me lately type thing. You know, right now I have Brevin third, but if we don't see you know, Pat play, it just gives Brevin the chance to, to vault over. I don't see him vaulting past pits for me. Like it would take an astronomically huge season and an astronomically bad season from pits to get over him. For me, I absolutely love pits all around game. You know, like he does what Brevin does and then adds blocking and, you know, and does like more of the things that you would ask a tight end to do. So the other name I wanted to talk about offensively is Tutu Atwell, man, eight, catches for 114 yards two scores and what just impressed me is i actually did a write-up about him in the debbie roundup on dlf today i I did a little cut up of a couple of his catches and the kid's got just great great hands for a small 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 guy he's a he's 5'9 165 170 ish like like he's small but so you know obviously he he plays in the slot he he gets open with you know deceptive route running he's got the he cuts you know, on a dime and he shoots in these directions, doesn't lose any speed. And then just the way, way he plucks the ball out of the air is just, it's impressive, man. He's a, a name that could rise up and in today's NFL, they'll find a spot for him. And I think Ray actually tweeted out yesterday that when he runs that four or three, nobody's going to care how big he is. So, and that's true. I mean, he's got speed for days. So <laughs> another fun name to watch out. Apparently your kid likes him too, Pete. So yeah, yeah, they do. They're uh, the, the clan. The clan is out here running around downstairs. So <laughs> that was my big takeaways from the game, and, and then just the Miami defense is they've got a couple fun ones, and and Bubba Bolden, the safety, and Quincy Roche, the t- the defensive end, who has just spent more time in Louisville's backfield than than ha- than almost everybody but Cunningham. So like, that dude was everywhere. He was imp- impressive to watch. So, do you have anything else to add on that game? That was kind of Kind of the big yeah. game of the week. So. Yeah, as much I think that's a generous one seventy to call a two two at will that, but we'll see. He's he's gonna blaze the forty. You know, Marquise Brown, he bulked up, so that's gonna be the big thing. Is is he gonna be able to bulk up and maintain that size? And at that size, is he gonna go to an offense with a play caller who's created enough to utilize him to get him in space, create opportunities? It, you know, a lot of dude, all these NFL dudes are fast. And, and yeah, he looks fast on a college football field, but that competition level is a whole nother step up at the NFL. So he's going to get smacked around if he's only, you know, five, nine, a buck, 60, probably. Yeah, I think Hollywood and Ross both had, you know, kind of those same size, 
entirely different types of players, but they both fought injury concerns. Tutu's been very healthy so thus far. Mm-hmm. fingers. It seems like he always found spots in the defense, which I guess is easy when you're that small and slippery. You know, he would just he seemed like he was on the same page as a quarterback, and he'll be a quarterback's best friend if he can continue to do that. He seems to know exactly where the holes are and just what I've seen is just it's it's impressive. He's he's got a good football IQ and stuff. So a name I'd definitely be watching. We'll go through some just some performances now that, that caught. I mean, the, there wasn't any like the, as far as a game game that I was really watching last week. Those are that was the big one. But Clemson did what Clemson should do. They destroyed the Citadel. They ate Trevor Lawrence looked phenomenal. Eight of nine, 168, three touchdowns. Etienne only had eight carries for sixty eight. Frank Gladson kind of took the took a, a step toward the lead role with three catches for 87 yards, two touchdowns. And, and all of that was like in the first quarter, like it was, and then DJ Uagule, I think's how you say it, had his first rushing touchdown. So <laughs> <laughs> they like brought him in just to, just so he could rush it in from one a la Cam Newton. I mean, cause DJ U is, he's, he's a, he's a big man, man. He, he does look a lot like Cam when he's out there on the field. So, I mean, I don't know if you got anything to add on Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he's pretty much as long as he's healthy, he's locked into the one one in your super flex, and I think he's he's pretty much locked in at this point as the first overall pick in the NFL draft. I don't care what team is selecting him. If I'm the New York Jets, I'm probably going to select Trevor Lawrence, and then I'm going to look to trade. Yeah. So yeah, hey, I'm I'm picking Trevor Lawrence, or you're giving me, you know, you know what? No, I'm just going to select Trevor Lawrence, and I'll trade Sam Darnold from there. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just the, if they do this, if some team gets them that is happy with their quarterback, like Jacksonville, although Jacksonville keeps winning. Um, so if somebody like gets them, yeah, that, that number one pick is going to be worth, you know, one of those trades that we used to see back in the day, you know, the three future number one types, it, it's, it's going to be a huge offer because he he's, he's the best quarterback prospect we've had in since Andrew Luck. I mean, it's bar none and I don't see anything, happening that's going to change that this year um another performance this one actually kind of fell in the the kind of a, a troublesome performance for me is oklahoma state uh they looked atrocious against tulsa they couldn't get the ball moving um they just looked like they were really off spencer sanders went down early i know that was part of it uh chuba hubbard at one point i i don't remember exactly i wish i would have took a screenshot of it but i think at one point he had like 20 carries for 35 yards or some crap like it, it was ugly 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 he ended up getting 27 for 93 and one. And he's a guy that I'm, I'm a little worried about this year. Um, I don't, I also wrote that <laughs> it's funny. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And sometimes I feel like that when I'm watching Chuba run, cause like he will <laughs> just run nowhere, <laughs> like right into the back of a, a lineman or hit a defender. Like sometimes I question his vision. Like it, it doesn't seem very good, but then you, he gets that one play where he's gone. You know I mean? He gets to that second level and he is just, just gone. And it, it's, so he's going to find a home and I, I hope he, you know, has a, hopefully it was just chalk it up to a bad game. You know, the offense out of sync. Tylen Wallace returned, which was a nice, a good story. Four catches for 84 yards, I believe. So seeing him back on the field was really nice. So if you have anything, you're yeah. shaking your head in agreement. What do you think about Chuba? Are you at all worried? I, uh, I honestly, so I was watching this game in the gym, and I thought for a little while, I, I Chuba just didn't look right. And I was like, oh, man, I, I must have missed the news that uh, – that he had opted out of the season. I, I didn't realize this is the same guy who we have all been so excited to look for against a Tulsa defense who shouldn't have been giving him this many, you know, issues. Maybe it was an off week. Maybe there's, you know, it, it's a really weird season, COVID, all this other stuff. So, and they had a lot of drama this off season. So maybe it's just not all clicking this year, but I honestly thought he had opted out because that offense looked terrible and he was very unimpressive. Right. I totally, totally agree. Um, I didn't, some people, someone had remarked on Twitter that he, he looked really slow and I, I didn't know if it was slow or just our bad choices. I wasn't quite like, I didn't know, like I, I, I was watching it, but I didn't watch it like super, super close. Cause I, I was just, it was an ugly game. I was having trouble watching. It, I'm not going to lie. Um, another name that I wanted to point out that we got a question about also Georgia Tech's Jameer Gibbs is a freshman. He got his first game with some decent time, you know, with 15 rushes, 66 yards and a score also caught four balls for 60 yards and a score. And the kid looked absolutely electric. I mean, he looked, he just, 
he gets the ball. He's very decisive. He makes, you know, he made made some guys miss. Um, he's got great speed when he gets to the second level. And he's one of the guys that's coming up in that, that class in 2023. Yeah. That's just phenomenal. Like I, there's a couple backs in that class and skip who were, who's the DHH or the Debbie happy hour. One of the hosts over there asked after an awesome debut, where do we have Jameer Gibbs, right? And, I wanted to double check where I was at with him. And in the 2023 class, I have him third, fourth, sorry, behind Bijan Robinson, Kendall Milton, Marshawn Lloyd. And then I got Gibbs as fourth. But I mean, Gibbs has got one of the better shots starting right away. We might see Lloyd early too. Yeah, I was really super impressed with, with Gibbs. I want to cut that game up and watch the tape a little bit more. But what I saw was impressive. Did you get a chance to catch him this weekend, Pete? Or? Gibbs is a player I really uh, – I thought was very electric. I only saw some of the highlights. Uh, I think just like you said, I'd put all those guys ahead of him still. It's class of 2023. I'm not fully certain what these guys are going to look like yet. But uh, definitely a lot to be excited about. So an early starter and everything else. Right, right. Got to love it, man. And uh, he's going to get the rock for three years. I mean, so he's going to have plenty of chance to prove himself. Um, a couple college quarterbacks I wanted to talk about, guys, that um, I don't have tremendously high on my rankings, but I really like what they did, what they've done so far early this year. Dylan Gabriel for UCF is just – he's a gunslinger, man. He's just so much fun to watch. He's got a tremendous arm. So playing in that UCF offense, you know, you don't – you don't know what to what they you know what to expect and what to do. They always tend to make their quarterbacks look better. Um, but like this week, he had twenty he completed twenty seven passes for forty one yards, four hundred seventeen yards, four scores, and just was was just absolutely dealing, just dealing this week. And another guy right in that same boat is SMU's Shane Bouchelle, who's both of these guys are phenomenal. You know, if if you're playing college DFS or if you're going to try to play campus to Canton, you know, that side. I think me and Pete have several leagues. We've just called it, you know, like it, it's too spread out to do that. But definitely for DFS, these are names to know. Um, Bouchel is 24-33 for 344 yards, four scores this last weekend. So both of those guys are just fun to watch college quarterbacks. Um, I think Bouchel, I have him as he's eligible next year, and I think I have him around 14. And Gabriel, I actually have at 10 for next year, and he's eligible in 2022. So have you got anything on either of those guys? I was really impressed, especially with uh, UCF, throwing the ball really well on outs to all sides of the field. Great arm strength. I I had been excited about Shane Buchel going up there to SMU, so he was on one of my uh, Campus Cantons Leagues, uh, Heisman Hollis, where we're in together. Uh, however, with uh, the season, we kind of called it. So not going to get to enjoy it much. Uh, just hopefully get some, you know, he gets drafted. I get some backup points, you know, or something <laughs> later in the league. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it kind of stinks because I think I have either. Yeah, both of those guys are a lot of fun. And when you're when you're drafting your college in your campus, Canton, you know, you, you take guys like that late, you know, for points. And, and now – yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah excited excited to grab him in the draft and now I'm sitting right. probably with nothing. So Right. Of of those two, I do like Gabriel a lot. And I think he's got NFL potential. So you, you just want to see it more and and watch what he does, you know, and how he, he grows. He's a sophomore, so he's still got at least another year. So yeah, and then another name, SMU, is Reggie Roberson. He's been kind of lingering around there. He will probably get some draft capital. Um, he's having a hell of a good season as well. I just had his numbers. He had six carry, six catches for 99 yards and a score in week one. And then this last week, he had nine catches for 103 yards, two touchdowns. Just kind of a good all-around receiver that does just a little bit of everything good. Nothing ama- amazing. I think I have him. Where do I have him in Roberson? I have him around the 23 range. But a guy that could, you know, climb up with some more, with some more good games and things like that. So. Those are just some names that I had pointed out for last week. You want to? No, I think that's pretty solid, man. Let's uh, let's get into looking ahead to next week. Yeah, I think there was only thirty-one games last week, or not? I don't know, maybe less than that. I think this week's the one that has like thirty-five games. So, so oh, look ahead, SEC, baby, the SEC, the big bad mommies, the big bad daddies back in the house. 
So the SEC is playing. I'm so excited. I, I felt like when I was writing up my my look ahead to week four, all I wanted to talk about was SEC games. And I had to like kind of look to find ones that I was excited about that weren't SEC. So um, we'll we'll kind of blaze through these real quick. I and mean, we do want to talk about the NFL side. Uh, rookies this week had some good stuff. So I'll serve up some of the games. You can let me know if there's anybody you're really wanting to watch in them, Pete. So Florida at Old Miss. Number five, Florida travels to Old Miss. Who you like in that game? Who are you going to be keeping your eye out for, Pete? Just kind of like what you mentioned, you know, we talked about the tight ends earlier, Kyle Pitts. I, I think it's a very special tight end class coming up. Uh, Trask as well at quarterback. I'm really excited about, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit down on the list here, Mississippi State. But with Ole Miss, um, Ely, and, you know, I'm talking about Mississippi State because a good buddy of mine from high school is their strength and conditioning coach. So I'm pretty excited to see, you know, you get Mike Leach bringing his system out there and see what they, you know, the type of talent he can recruit to Mississippi State over what he was dealing with at Wazoo. So I'm excited I, I, about I, I, that. Trask is a name that I'm kind of interested to see what he does this year. I have him as my number seven quarterback for next year. Um, does a lot of things that we like, but then there's also like inconsistency, mechanics, issues. Doesn't really have that that deep ball arm that people seem to love. So Trask is a name you kind of got to watch. And then speaking of Mississippi State, like you said, Mike Leach's first SEC game, I mean, you got to get hyped about that. And I think it's a potential very dangerous game for LSU. Like they're traveling down to LSU. LSU is a defending champion and champions, and they are ranked number six. But this is not LSU like last year. I mean, they're really, you know, they got Miles Brennan at quarterback. You know, Jamar Chase opted out. Justin Jefferson left. You know, Clyde Edwards earlier left. You know, so now they've got, you know, Tyron Davis Prince and Chris Curry at, at running back. And they have Terrace Marshall, but then they have a lot of unproven receivers after that. So if, if if Mississippi State can start scoring, I think it's going to be a really tough game for LSU to keep up with them. You know, it's that's just my opinion. I think it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, they do still have a pretty stout defense. I mean, they they return some pretty good guys on defense. I'm drawing blanks on names right now, but they always fill it back in with five stars and four stars. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. I think yeah, LSU side, maybe we get a little bit of a superstar tight end of the future, Gilbert. So oh, yes. Eric Gilbert, man, he is a man amongst boys, man. It's gonna be fun. He should play pretty quick. I mean, the, they're they have not had a tight end like that. I mean, Thaddeus Moss was pretty good. Very few year, people but, have had a tight yeah. end like that. <laughs> He's gonna be a weapon. So it's all on Miles Brennan's shoulders, and you know they lost their offensive passing game coordinator Joe Brady, and it's a, it's gonna be an interesting to watch. And Mississippi State is potentially very dangerous. Kylan Hill, some names there that could cause some headaches for LSU so yeah I think I think it very much could be a big big upset for Mississippi State it's like I talked about it's Mike Leach you're bringing that offense it's something that LSU really hasn't seen they're going to bring up you know I'm sure they're watching film what he did at Wazoo but hey this is a, a whole different breed now when you get that SEC athletic ability out there Oh, right, right, man. Right, right. Um, let me see a couple things real quick. Kentucky, tra- number 23, Kentucky travels to number eight, Auburn. Probably not the most beautiful Devi games, uh, Devi names in this one, but I'm sort of excited for Bo Nix. And Seth Williams is is phenomenal ride receiver. He's one that I'm always watching, uh, one of my personal favorites. And Auburn has a pretty nasty rushing attack. We could possibly see Tank Bigsby, who is one of my favorite freshmen, a little farther down on my list, but just fun to watch. And Kentucky has a pretty good, pretty decent quarterback, Redshirt senior Terry Roberts, who led them a couple years ago to 11-2, and two, but then was down last year and, and kind of he got hurt. Lynn Bowden stepped in. So that's that's kind of a, a – could be kind of an uglier shootout – or not shootout, but a defensive slugfest. Both teams have – pretty good defenses and a little bit of you know kind of eh, on offense so that should be um let me see here quickly i'm excited continued growth from bo Nix. seth williams is, seems like he's kind of a bit underappreciated in the debbie community very solid maybe not as flashy probably a day two kind of pick i don't think he's a, a first rounder at this point uh, you know i think you're looking more of a, the explosive type but who knows maybe he's going to really show up at the combine uh, and sometimes, hey, people fall in love with uh, you know a player, and uh, you you got the Seahawks draft and Rashad Penny kind of thing in the first round. So, whoever knows, Let's talk about maybe like Texas, Texas Tech, you know, Ellinger, Keontae. I think there's some talent there, uh, especially with uh, Keontae. I think he's going to be a 
a pretty solid running back, nothing too flashy, but uh, yeah, in today's NFL, I think when we see all those injuries this weekend, you know, more teams go into kind of that committee backfield. What do you got out there? Yeah, Texas Tech or my Texas, you love their their receivers and Brennan Brennan Eagles, Tariq Blacks, Jake Smith. You know, I'm probably Jordan Whittington. They they have a lot of options and they are scoring insane right now. So this could be just a crazy shootout. Texas Tech always always scores a lot despite not having you know. I like their running back, Sir Roderick Thompson, but uh, as far as Texas Tech, there's not much else that I like as Debbie on that team. But that should just—it's always a fun game. Though those teams, you know, they always fight each other. Notre Dame and, and Wake Forest could be a, a decent game. I don't. I, I want to see Kyron Williams bounce back for Notre Dame. He had kind of a quieter game this last 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 week, and they have a, a trio of tight of tight ends there. And I think in the next one you got this is kind of the entertainment factor. Is anytime you see like Army Navy. Those are always entertaining to watch. Anytime you get to watch the triple option, it's it's a classic. We saw some of uh, some of that triple option on display on Sunday Night Football with Cam Newton. So, especially anytime he's getting down to the goal line, just something you can't. It's difficult to play against, especially when you add in that uh, jump pass or that play action ability off of it. Yeah, that's one. That's one I put for fun. That that's a game I want to watch. Just watch and just kind of sit back. I mean, Cincinnati's got Desmond Ritter and, and the, you know Jerome Ford. I think still got a lot of talent as far as the running back. But that's just a, just a crazy contrast of styles. You know, like Army is just gonna run the ball sixty times a game, and you know, the crazy you know flying wing tees and all kinds of crazy stuff. And Cincinnati's just got a proficient offense and. You know, they're ranked number 14th in the country, but Army has just throttled two teams. <laughs> like, like they, they've already got a couple games under their belt, and they're they're and they're just they're tough to defend. And as an Army vet too, I kind of kind of root for them. So, and quarterback Sam Hartman and Donovan Green are ones to watch. Wake Forest has had a rough schedule already, so they're 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 0 and 2, but they're like a sneaky 0 and 2. They they've they've had they've had a tough schedule thus far. So. Um, anybody you're watching, who are you watching for in Alabama, man? Like Alabama is a much different team this year. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, you know, this is going to be Najee Harris's big, like, kind of, you know, we're all big into him. But I think even even in your normal leagues, you, you talk about Najee Harris and people aren't as hyped as the, the Debbie community, it seems. So I'm very excited to just, just it's always fun to watch good running backs. Uh, it's Alabama, so there's a load of good wide receivers. How long is this going to be the Max Jones show? And, of course, Missouri's got some talent as well. But uh, I'm wondering how long it's going to be until, uh, you know, the future of, of Bama takes over and is Mac Jones long for the starting gig? Right, yeah. He, lo- he looked fairly decent last year. But like you said, if he starts to stumble any, I mean, they're, they're not going to wait long to be Highland for Bryce Young to come in. Louisville at Pittsburgh should be a pretty good game as well. Louisville, we just talked about all their stars. Pittsburgh has quarterback Kenny Pickett, who I like quite a bit. Has looked pretty sharp this season, uh, really smart, takes care of the ball. You know, you want to see some more growth in him. He is an older an older prospect. He is a senior. So you want to see him take a step forward, but a, a dark horse for possibly someone who could be drafted in April. I put Tennessee and South Carolina just because I want to watch the running backs in that game, man. Like Eric, um, Eric Gray for Tennessee is, is like one of the up and comers sophomore. Just absolutely love what you see on tape. He's not even the starter, but they find ways to get him in the game. And South Carolina should, if they're smart, go ahead and start giving Marshawn Lloyd, Lloyd the ball. The dude's a hoss, man. He's just, just fun. Another crazy good freshman that we have some, a dearth of good freshman running backs this year. So I think you hit it. Eric Gray is just fun to watch. Solid all-around player. Florida State, you know, you, we've got lined up next. Florida State, Miami is probably one I, I might want to flip on. How the mighty have fallen. Florida State is just looking like a train wreck. Tamaria Terry, though, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. We already talked about the guys on Miami. But uh, this doesn't seem to have quite the luster of, uh, you know, years past. Even You know, Miami's kind of on the swing upwards while they were on the you know downswing while Florida State peaked with Winston and everybody. So it, it's it's not quite the same, but uh, you know, anytime Miami, Florida State get on the field together, it's it's fun to watch. There is some big optimism 
Florida State when Mike Norvell came over from Memphis, but I mean, it's been already a tumultuous offseason, and they have one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life in James Blackman. So, <laughs> like, like he, he's rough. I think I think Travis called him. Travis May called him the worst quarterback in Power Five, and I wouldn't at all hesitate. Like he he's terrible. So. Yeah, this used to be such a fun game to watch, and it's on national TV. I'm like, come on, guys, keep up with the time. <laughs> national national TV 15 years ago. Um, so no, nobody's clamoring for this game anymore. No, 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 no. I'd rather watch. <laughs> shoot, I'd rather I'd rather the Army in Cincinnati be on national TV. Whatever, anything. <laughs> so, all right, <clears throat> we're gonna cover the Canton side real quick. Just some updates and some of the rookies, like me and Pete. Us Debbie guys have been watching these guys for years, and it's kind of fun to, to watch them transition in the NFL. Um, quarterbacks, Joe Burrow had a crazy game. Like, like I'm a Bengals fan, and I am so, so optimistic for our future, despite the fact that Burrow was running for his life and threw the ball 61 freaking times. Um, he did have 316 yards and three touchdowns, and just his composure. Like, he just never gives up. He never gives up on a play. Makes really good decisions. I, I was I was really impressed with Burrow, but Dooley is impressed with Justin Herbert, who came into the game on, you know, he wasn't even didn't even practice with the ones this week, most likely, and was still against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. Was twenty three of thirty three for three hundred eleven yards, one touchdown. He did throw a pick, but he also added another touchdown on the ground, and looked very composed as well. I was imp- impressed rest with Justin Herbert. When I heard he was starting, I'm like, oh, no, no, please no. Let's not ruin this poor kid's confidence already. What did you think? Did you get to watch both those guys this weekend? Or? I did. I really liked what I saw from Burrow. I, I'm i a little worried about it just because of that offensive line and the shots he's taking. So I don't have, you know, I, I really hope there's not a situation where he, you know, develops some bad mechanics, you know, gets an injury because of that. But I think Cincinnati fans should be very excited. He showed a lot of great poise. Herbert coming in short notice. It sounded like Tyrod Taylor re-aggravated a rib injury. Ended up having almost, I think he, the, the word was he had to go to the hospital because of this. Right. Sounds like Lance Lynn has already reported that Tyrod Taylor will get the start uh, next week. So, you know, coaches, uh, coaches are going to coach. So, it's a bit unfortunate, but, you know, maybe he's seeing stuff that uh, the rest of us aren't, um, you know, protect your rookie asset. Justin sure. Herbert's the long term. <laughs> if he's not there next week, he's it's, it's his show in 2021 for sure. So, yeah, I think Lynn actually Lynn, I saw in a press conference today, he said, you know, we did actually lose the game. I'm like, dude, holy crap. <laughs> you I'm took like, it to overtime against the Chiefs. I, man. I'm like. Yeah, you did, but there's still things to look forward to. I was like, whew, okay. That that would seem like a weird comment. Um, We don't need to talk a lot about Jonathan Taylor, 26-101, one touchdown, did have a couple catches. Um, He's he's just the man. I mean, it's going to be hard. As much as good as see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked in week one, Jonathan Taylor in week two. Uh, Edwards had a little bit of a down week, 10 10 of 38, but he did catch six balls for 32 yards. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about those guys, but I actually have needed, I meant to do this before this show. Um, James Robinson is, is really impressing me. Like I, I watched the game and he is a really good runner and I don't remember watching anything on him in college or anything, which is crazy. I don't think he was on a single Debbie team in any of the leagues I was in, you know, a small school guy, but he looks like he could be the real deal. I mean, he had 16 carries, 102 yards, one touchdown, he caught a couple balls, and he's taken the backfield. Like, I thought it was going to be Raquel Armstead's. I don't think James Robinson's going to give that job back, guys. Like, I, don't, I no. was really impressed with him. If you, did you get a chance to even watch him? You know, I, I'm I'm happy in one league where I snuck in and snagged him, you know, before, like, the word really blew up. And in another league – where my team's pretty well off and it's only uh, 18 roster spots. I, uh, I shot a message to a buddy. I was like, Hey man, Jonathan Taylor is going to be out. I think he had Chris Thompson at the time. I was like, dude, go add this guy named James Robinson, you know, thank me later kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, you like to, you like to help your buddies out, even if you're competing against them, <laughs> but I might've helped him a little bit too much here with this one. So yeah, I, he's looked great. And this Jaguars offense has looked really well 
where Gardner Minshew might be one of those players where do you, you know, we, we talked about it with Trevor Lawrence with the Jets. If you're the Jaguars, you have what every team wants is that great rookie quarterback contract and someone who's playing really well. Would you still target Trevor Lawrence at that point? I think that's the one where you might have to take that, uh, you know, godfather offer for a truckload of picks and hope you can build something really stout around Gardner. I mean, that's a gamble, though. So because we, we all thought it was going to be, you know, the Jaguars that were going to bottom out for for Trevor Lawrence, for Justin Fields, for Trey Lance. So, right, yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I just brought up a couple things real quick. In the, uh, he, he went to Illinois State. I, for some reason, couldn't remember the school offhand, where he was number two in the record books, and he had 4,444 rushing yards for Eesh. 44 touchdowns. <laughs> 4,044. For, yeah, yeah, anyways. Yeah, and he just he, he caught the ball. He had 5,200 all-purpose yards. So he definitely had great score. And I remember one of the things that I did read about him was that he just had a heavy, heavy, heavy workload in college. And, you know, so I've – I'm going to have to dive a little bit more into that. I'm kind of curious to see what his background profile is and how, because I mean, he's looked really, really good. And another guy surprisingly getting a lot of carries, Joshua Kelly had 23 carries for 64 yards for the chargers the other day, which really kind of came out of nowhere in my opinion. So that was a lot of key work too. When they yeah. got down in the end zone late in the game, he was getting a lot of the touches over Eckler, which was pretty surprising. So. Right. Cause Eckler had a hell of a good game and yeah. Cam Akers didn't do a whole lot. He had three carries for 13 yards, but then he went out with a rib injury. DeAndre Swift had a pretty decent game. He's only had five rushes for 12 yards, caught five balls, though. He made a couple of really good catches in that game. I was, If they learn how to use that aspect of his game, like with him doing that and carry on and AP running, that is actually a pretty damn good rushing attack, you know, like by the Lions. If they could ever put it all together on defense. So that was my game this weekend that I watched and yelled at the TV a whole lot. That was ugly. Um, Dobbins kind of saved himself a little bit for fantasy day. Two carries, 48 yards with a longer run toward the end of the game. Uh, Antonio Gibson had his first NFL touchdown. Yay, my boy. Hit. <laughs> 13 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. And the Raider and the Redskins still don't know how to freaking use him. So that's the only thing I got about Gibson. They really need to get him out in space. They really need to get him out on, in passing. I, I don't know why they are not using him correctly. Um, they told me in – they told me that Ron Riviera knew how to use that type of back. They must, they, <laughs> I don't know. I thought he did, but they apparently lied to my boy. Anyways, so I don't know if you got anything on any of those guys. I just blazed through. I know there's a lot of names, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor looked like the you know what we said um, these last few Dobbins uh, is probably going to be the guy that really steals the show late in the season. Uh, Akers, unfortunately, with the the rib injury, but then last year's darling uh, Darrell Henderson really stepped up. So, hey, if you, you still got Henderson stashed away, that's a big plus for you right there. But uh, I liked what I saw some from uh, continue to see actually from Ceedee Lamb. Looks like everything we thought he was going to be. Dak Prescott seems to taking it to another level. This being this massive contract year, Cowboys should have paid him out. It's <laughs> he's going to get more at this point. It's just more and more money in Dak's pocket I don't know you know what that point is for the team but he's getting he's getting paid out in 2021 wherever he goes right I think we kind of laughed when he when he first asked for 40 million and yeah and he's not gonna go for 45 probably now (laughs) yeah every 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 quarterback contract is beating the one ahead of him so you know he's gonna sit there and say hey Patrick Mahomes got this and I get you know I get that Patrick Mahomes brought him to a Super Bowl in, in, in that year, but you got to put me around that Patrick Mahomes type money. Oh, yeah. He'll be in the 45, 48 range, I bet. It's going to be huge. Unless they just go really heavy on the guaranteed, maybe. I mean, they might yeah. get that number down a little lower, but whew, man, I'd love to be a quarterback these days. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, CD, um, Rager had four catches, 41. Not much going on there. I um, wish they would use him a little more. Chase Claypool had an 84-yard touchdown, which was pretty impressive. Jerry Judy now gets uh, has got a really good chance. I was worried about where he's going to find targets. With Court and Sutlin out for the year, it might be uh, <sighs> wheels yeah. up on Jerry Judy, baby. Four, he did have four catches for 62 yards. So. He's had some ugly drops. Can we talk? I mean, you know, we saw the one on Monday night the, the previous week. For a guy who, I, I mean, I don't. 
I don't really think of that with his game at Bama, but uh, there have been some ugly. I mean, it's maybe just concentration things. I don't buy. I'm not a huge person on drops. It's everybody can work on their game and improve. So. Oh, absolutely, and some of that might be, you know, um, quarterbacks. I'm not the biggest Drew Lock fan. Um, definitely. And Drew Lock, yeah. well, Drew Lock out as well, so he's probably oh, yeah. out for a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll go through the injuries. Like I think now, I, I wanted to bring to put this into our last segment, you know, there was a ton of injuries this week and this is going to, in campus, the Canton leagues, it's going to give you a chance to really, really to optimize some strategies, different strategies here, depending on your team makeup with guys like Christian McCaffrey out four to six weeks, Saquon out for the year, uh, Cortland Sutton out for the year, Drew Locke out four to six weeks. Uh, if you play defense, Joey Bosa's out for the week, out for the year. So this is, got some chances or Nick Bosa. Good Lord. I can't believe I did that. Nick Bosa's <laughs> out for the year. I had to stop and think for a second. What is your take on this? I mean, I think it, it creates a chance, you know, when you got these high chip, high dollar value players, you know, in campus to Canton, even especially more than normal, you can really, it just feels like it broadens what you can do. So. Yeah. It's, it's worrisome. Like you talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey. So CMC has, the, the dreaded kind of high ankle sprain. We saw that Saquon came back from that last year and maybe came back a little early because it took him a while to really look like himself again. And with Christian McCaffrey, very dynamic player, he's going to be hobbled for a while. Then you tie in, okay, Carolina doesn't look very well or very good. And are they going to maybe hold him out? Are they going to let him go and run? Why risk? further injury to your, you know, your, your capstone player in a season where maybe they're the team that's looking to get Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, somebody to to pair with and make their own, you know, triplet offense where you're going to have DJ Moore, CMC, and then one of those quarterbacks. Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, if if they continue to stumble a little bit, it's going to be rough. Like those guys, what I was alluding to is you take those guys and they're usually, if you have a rebuilding team, they're guys that you don't want to move, but when they're not going to be out for a year, you know, or if you've got a a contending team that does have them and they were hoping, you know, this gives you a chance to swoop in and get those guys probably way cheaper, you know, like if you got a couple of veterans, you can throw in there. So these are, these are guys, I mean, I hate, I hate always using, you know, an an opportunity like this to make profit, but these guys both will have all these guys in the, we just listed are now all of a sudden, you know, buy low-ish, you know, and if I, if I'm moving, I'm the package you can get of Debbie players for a guy like Saquon is astronomical. I mean, you could probably get, I don't know about Trevor Lawrence, but you could probably get Justin Fields plus, you know, like I, I would definitely be, if I had him in, I would be moving him for, you know, my campus to Canton type leagues and stuff. Like I would be trying to get these huge, huge packages for these guys. So that's kind of what I was alluding to. I I think, yeah, it's just because those guys, you don't see these guys, you know, CMCs and Saquons, you don't hardly ever see them move in in, in leagues, you know, unless it's like some crazy package. And I I don't know. I just, I'm really looking forward to the teams. I do have them, you know, trying to, to boost my over my my bottom line, I guess. So uh, that's kind of a move that I'm looking for. I'm thank I don't want to say thankfully. I, I joked about it in a chat yesterday that most of my teams are so bad that I don't have any of those good guys anyway. So because um, <laughs> so, I do tend to build like I did trade Saquon before the offs before the year. And ironically my best team that I have in any of my leagues this week scored almost 70 points more than any other team. And that was with Saquon in my starting lineup. So mainly behind like Aaron Jones and stuff like that. So what about Aaron Jones, baby? Aaron Jones looking good. Regression. (laughs) That's really good regression. Uh, I I know it was just the lions, but still. Oh, it's, you know, it was uh, my home league. It's I, you know, my, my trades usually backfire on me. Uh, It's, it's been pretty phenomenal at this point, but uh, this off season, I was like, I, I I really like Aaron Jones. I still thought he was going to be you know tremendous, but I thought, hey, this is this is the time to really sell and get a lot. So I took Aaron Jones and I turned him into Jonathan Taylor and a first round pick next year. So 
I'm pretty excited, but it's still, it, you know, it's it's a guy who I, I really liked. I've really enjoyed watching Aaron Jones, and to see him post another one of those 45, you know, point type games is kind of a kick in the pants. In a game, in a week where I, my opponent had Josh Allen, so I'm probably going to lose unless Josh Jacobs uh, can get me 120, yard, you know, total yards and a touch. Yeah, I think <laughs> he ain't there yet. I think in the five or six leagues that I'm in, the campus, the Canton, there's been like almost no activity, like especially trading, you know, for like probably a month now, it feels like, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, uh, you know, I, I talk about trading, but it's kind of a quieter, you know, on that front, it feels like. So maybe we need to see more, you know, maybe, maybe people are wanting to see more college, I think as the season gets down, but once these guys start dropping, you know, these cornerstones like this is when, you know, your contenders are going to start panicking, you know, so it definitely, like if I was a contender and I had CMC and Saquon or something, I'd be freaking the heck out, you know, because I'm supposed to win it all this year. So, um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, by the way, in our Heisman to Hallis League, can you lower the roster spots? I can't find anybody on the waivers. <laughs> 50, 50 is maybe a little too much. I don't know. I, I keep looking <laughs> at it. I'm like, I, 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 like I, I filtered a free agents and looked at the scoring and stuff. I, that's usually the way I do, you know, to see if I miss somebody. <laughs> There's like four guys that have scored points this year. I'm like, dude. Well, you better snatch them up. Our waivers. There, it's rough, man. <laughs> I meant to ask you that. I was like, can we please lower our rosters? Anyway. Heck no. Heck no. It's about turning that talent on the college side into I future know. NFL All right. talent. <laughs> All right. All right, Pete. You tell that's a wrap for this week. We, we kind of rambled on for a little longer than I thought we would, but it felt good to talk, Pete. So always. Yeah. What are you what are you working on, bud? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a down period for me right now. I've uh, I've got some other stuff that I've been writing on. Hopefully I'll get that out this uh coming week or two. But otherwise, hey, you can follow me at underscore Pete Law on Twitter, and then all my work is over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Same here, uh, Dice League Football. I have a weekly Debbie roundup that comes out on Monday every week. Uh, it kind of goes through what we just went through, um, a little more in depth with some pretty videos and stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of my main thing that I'm working on and just constantly tweaking my rankings and stuff. So that's that. Next week, we got a we got a string of some guests coming up that we'll, we'll try to take some more of a deeper look into some different situations and stuff in the next couple of weeks. It won't be... Probably, you know, I like these recaps and stuff, but we'll probably get in a little more meat and potatoes and stuff too as the year goes on, you know, as, as we run down the championship stretches and things like that. So, you know, everybody out in the fantasy land, you know, love, love your family, love the ones you're with, you know, tell people in your life how much they mean to you. You know, we never know. Every day is a gift. You never know when it's your time. James, man, we're going to miss you. Uh, to his family, we're praying for you. And God bless y'all. Don't forget about the Mountain West, the Mac that can flex. Somebody's next, Ivy League fresh, literally dope. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4340 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.